0: All right, all right, all right. Another episode of Chainlink Sports here. First scout, we got the our first scout guest, Ty Blankmeyer. So Ty um, went to St. John's, played there, got drafted in the thirty-sixth round, two thousand sixteen, by the Cincinnati Reds. Is now um, he's now a scout for the um, Milwaukee Brewers. And Ty, you're a um, area scout, right, for the Northeast? Yeah, correct. Okay, so you're. Is that just like New York, New Jersey, or like you're going like Pennsylvania, Connecticut, all over the place?
1: yeah, so i'm uh, New york, I mean New York, New Jersey, all of New York, and all of New England, so New York up to Maine gotcha. I mean New Jersey up to Maine, so okay. all the way from Cape May to Orino, Maine, so like everything in between
0: gotcha so when you finished up playing, so i I kind have two questions for you: why did you choose scouting and then what was the transition like and kind of your thought process, you know, trying to transition into another career outside of playing?
1: So when I finished up playing, I w- when I was with the Reds, I actually didn't choose scouting right away. What happened was, is I, um, I was given the opportunity to, to, to stay along with the Cincinnati Reds organization. I worked in player development as like just another AZL coach. Um, I I ran early work, I, you know, helped out with some video. I learned a lot of different things about the game. I was even driving players back and forth from where they were staying in in the van that they provided. Um, Gotcha. Something to stay in the game more, more than anything else. But during that time I was able to learn from guys like um, Jose Nieves and um, Miguel Cairo, who were all with the Reds at that time, Lenny Harris. So during that time I, I was just kind of just a sponge learning after I was playing. It was tough, but um, cause you wanted to play. And then it was about two months into the two to three months into the AZL se- season, the brewers had called me and, you know, really not much of a connection there. Just, you know, they might've just heard my name from somebody and um, they, uh, they asked if I wanted to get into scouting. And I said, you know, I thought about it and, um, I said this is a great opportunity because I can go back home to where I live in North Jersey and and scout the Northeast and um, yeah and I just thought that perspective on the game is something I I would uh, have a lot of interest in being that I've just been around the game my whole entire life so that perspective um, that new lens that the game had taught me um, and is continuing continuing to teach me has been really cool just trying to get on that player um evaluation side and getting to know each player, what makes them what makes them tick, you know, how the tools grade out, you know, that all that good stuff. So yeah. It's been really a really good learning um opportunity for me, but it's it's been a really good um perspective changer what those scouts really do to kinda to really grow our games because in my opinion, scouts are the backbone of our game. If you don't have scouts getting the right players, the right players with the right mindsets into our game, the players that are going to grow our game, you know, they're, you know, what they're inputting and what scouts are doing to grow the game is, I think, well, doesn't get enough credit in my opinion. And and I'm not saying that as a young scout, I'm saying that as a scout, as a young scout that has seen some of these older scouts, um, what they've done to, to really put the game in a good
0: spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard, though, to kind of, you know, recognize all the work you guys do because everybody likes to see, you know, what's directly in front of them, you know what I mean, with the big name players and what's on TV. And you guys are, you know, really the behind the scenes kind of people who, who bring in those big players that people might see on TV one day. You know what I mean, so um, you're absolutely right. You guys do play um, a very big part in, you know, how those players reach um, the major leagues.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I think the the one thing that's important is you know the scouts. I think the the biggest thing that people don't, you, you, as a scout, you're evaluating, right? Yeah. You're not just evaluating the the, the tools. You're evaluating you're, you're evaluating the kind of uh, mind the player has, the toughness the player has. And another way of doing that is you know just by contacting people that know the player that are with the player more because. It's one thing to have all the, the God-given ability, but it's another thing to have the mind of what it takes to be a, a Major League Baseball player. And, and that's truly what's impressive is when you go across that kind of mind that is is going to allow them to play over their ability.
0: Absolutely. So you're in scouting now. You go from playing to scouting. What was the biggest obstacle you had to face Um, when you first started, or maybe the biggest lesson that you had to learn in order to be um, a good, effective scout?
1: Uh, Well, I think I'm constantly learning. And I think the biggest thing I learned is, um, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. It's really hard. um, Because, you know, everything can make sense. And the kid, you know, the kid cannot pan out or stuff like that. I mean, I haven't been in in the in the business too long. This is my third year, but I'd say the hardest thing for me was just um it's, I would say it's twofold. I was saying uh, evaluating um evaluating tools with the 2080 scale. So I, I was had right. to define my language, like what's a what's a 30, what's a 40, what's a fifty, what's a 60, what's a seventy, what's an eighty, and so yeah. on. And I had to determine that. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to fine tune that. That initially was the hardest thing, um, you know. And I think um, the second hardest thing was just, you know, like how you're gonna use your time effectively because in in the Northeast, the biggest challenge is a lot of times you're, yes, exactly. So, you know, how are you gonna utilize your time effectively? And most efficiently to give your uh, organization the most uh, advanta- advantageous, you know, look. Yeah, So absolutely. I think that that those were the two things um, that were the biggest challenge at at first.
0: Okay, and, and real quick, so the 2080 scale is that something where it's like, for example, if a guy's throwing 98 to 101, that's like an 80, and if he's like 92 to 95, that's like a 65 or 70 like like, are there just like benchmark numbers or it's up to the scout really
1: I, I think it's more um there are benchmark numbers but i think it's more based on effectiveness right so i'll give you a better example like because i think fast like people see like you see, i mean as a player i know i've seen like a 93 mile per hour fastball or 95 and it just doesn't look the same out of the hand whether it's harder or whether it's um whether it's, you know, it's this 93-mile-per-hour this fastball plays like it's 88, right? And, right? and that could be a number of different things. And so I think that's important to value, like, and to look into, like, the different metrics that make that um, a, a type of scenario. But I think an easier way to say that is, okay, you have a 6'3 runner. And that's what – what is that? A 6'3 runner is really an 80 – it's an 80 – it's 80 runner. So six three sixty would technically equal an 80 runner. However yeah. – um that six three runner, he can't steal a base. That speed, that speed doesn't play in the outfield. So is that six three raw runner really an 80 runner? Right. And more like it's like a it's like an 80 raw runner with like maybe 50 effectiveness. So I think it's important to to kind of look at look at it twofold and you know say, hey, this guy does have this type of raw ability. But does it play in the game? You know, does it play on defense? Does it play on yeah. offense? Does it play on the bases? You know, so I think uh, I, I, for me, it's something I constantly challenge myself with.
0: Okay, and then now when you are, you know, looking at players and judging, you know, their effectiveness, their um, effectiveness and their numbers, what what are like some skills beyond the physical that you're looking at that might make a kid stand out? You know, like like he may not be like Hitting the ball four hundred and fifty feet, but you could see that, you know, this hitter, this pitcher has got a future.
1: Um, some skills. I would say like so for a hitter, hitter and a pitcher, I'll say the one thing, if they like they 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 have fluid, like organic movements, like, you know, it just comes easier to them. You know, they're not there's not I mean, effort is one thing, but like they're operating in a in a in a in a pretty easy manner you know it's it's just fluid and you know it's as they gain gain strength and maturity it's just going to keep getting better you know it's easy to project on I think just the movements the efficiency of the movements of the players is one thing um for hitters you know one thing that's it's it's really a guy that just has a feel for the barrel it's just consistently finds the barrel you know right on a on a on a on a um on a fairly easy basis. I think that's a really good thing to look at. Um, and another thing is just like, I mean, I, you go to a game, you know, just a guy who handles himself a little differently. So a guy that's like an energy giver, you know, you know, he gets, makes people around him better. There's some leadership qualities, you know, if you really want to start getting into that stuff. So that's another thing.
0: Right. And now, on the flip side, what's, like, one of the biggest turnoffs that, you know, you could – so, like, you might like this kid. This is maybe, like, your third or fourth time seeing him. And then he might, you know, throw his bat or might, you know, take something out on his coach or teammate. And then, like, maybe that's something that, you know, you just kind of close up, you know, your book and then you walk away. So, like, what's, like – what's, like, a turnoff for you?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's human. So, with that kind of thing, you know, I like to give them some leeway. However, if you see it more than once and it's, like – you know, your eye opening. Like, is he listening to anybody? You know. Yeah. Uh, I think that that would be like making them same mistake, not physically, but mentally, over and over again. You're like, mm-hmm. why can't you make an adjustment there? So that's that's an eye opening thing. Um, somebody that you know you find out doesn't really treat his teammates well, he's not a good teammate. That's an eye opening thing because you want to play in the big leagues. That's one. That's one sixty. You know, maybe not, it's not this year. It's not one sixty, but whatever you know, you want to be, around, you You want to put guys in the system that are easy to be around or fun to be around. So I think just being a good teammate and stuff like that, like a bad teammate is, is eye opening to me, you know, yeah. and you have to, at the same time, when you say bad teammate, I think, um, I think that's something you have to define as well, because, you know, everyone has definition of a bad teammate, like, some people would think Michael Jordan's a bad teammate where, you know, I'd argue that dude was a winner. You know, he would get people, he made people better even though he wasn't, yeah. you know, the nicest guy at times, you know? Yeah. So um you have to really define what, a, what a bad teammate is, but I'm saying that is one thing I, you know, I'm just weary of, you know, it's yeah. not a complete turn off, but you know, you make note of for
0: sure. Like has there been a case where like you were totally on this kid and you're talking to the higher ups being like, Okay, hey, listen, I let you know, this is somebody we might want to be considering taking, but then you're like, listen, he's got the skill, but I'm not sure how he's going to be in the clubhouse ever. like that. Like, has there be, been any um, situations like that for you as of right now?
1: Uh, for me, firsthand, no, but I've heard that sort of story before. Um, right. And, you know, I've, you know, you always hear the success story. So I've heard a lot of um, people speak, even college coaches, you know, they usually like, when when it's coming from they're speaking from their gut, they're usually pretty pretty close to accurate every time. So Gotcha. I don't I don't have a firsthand experience I'll, you know.
0: Okay, gotcha. So last question I wanna ask you, what experiences as a player, you know, college professional or even just, you know, throughout your entire life has kind of transitioned over to scouting, whether it's like a like a mindset thing or just something you learned from your playing days that has kind of helped you been able to um, acclimate yourself to your new uh, job as a scout?
1: Um, I think just playing and not being – very I mean, I say I wasn't very good. I would just not – I wasn't uh, that physically gifted. So I had to really okay. scrap and claw. So I think realizing how hard the game is is something that has really helped me because you go in and you see. And if you're going to look and you're going to go watch a player and you're going to go see him – you know, you you have to understand that this game is hard. It's a hard game. It's a simple game, but it's hard. So I think that is one thing that I always keep in mind, um, having played and not having been that good. Um, I think my first, um, uh, the other thing is my pr- first, uh, professional batting practice. I was exposed to some real raw power and, you know, and, um, I think just being around those sort of players like I was uh, teammates with Taylor Trammell and yeah. um, the big time prospect with the Padres but um, and uh, Nick Senzel was another big like being around those kind of players I you know it kind of gave me a lens of like oof, this is different now um, yeah. so it, it kind of was able to you know I, I was draw, able to draw to that quick um, pretty quickly when I was playing. Um, and just being in the dugout at St. John's with my dad from a young age, you know, seeing players across from them that played at a, in the big leagues, like just seeing how they did it, you know, how you know how how they went about it, how they made plays and you know yeah. approached the game. All that, like, to reach back and think about that, has helped me uh, tremendously.
0: Awesome, yeah, and yeah, I think a lot of people who grow up around baseball and like. But, like, when you grow up and watch, like, high-caliber talent at a young age, because, like, you really absorb a lot more. I mean, because even St. John's, like, that's a good um, Division I program where you see how those guys, like, go about their business, how they warm up, how they hit. You know, like, like once games start, Jimmy, you know, like, you know, it's all business. Like, some guys are jokesters. But you get more of a feel for the game, you know, I think.
1: Sure. Sure. No, and, and I agree. I mean, it's – it's like people always say. It's like the perfect metaphor to life, and and I really believe that. But, um, I think what you come what you come to find out is it's a lot of the people that I've come across that are good baseball players and played played in the major leagues or have played in the major leagues or playing or whatever. They're like I I keep going back to this. Their mind is pretty pretty damn good. You know, it's it's sharp. It's they have ability to be present, you know. They're they're not thinking like negatively, you know. Th- they make people around them better. So that's like being around Joe Panic, being around um a lot of players. It's their their mind has 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 elevated them.
0: Yep. Well, Ty, that's all I got, and uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I think uh, you know it's a pretty unique perspective you got. You know, coming from playing, right from scouting, and like all the like, all, like, the new kind of perspectives you're seeing now as a scout. So, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on.
1: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. Signing off.